coming up on OTH, Raymond and I talk about patch 12.13, some of the TSM roster moves in the Reginald article, as well as week four of LCS. We hope you enjoyed this episode of On the Hunt. Welcome, everybody, to episode 60 of On the Hunt, a League of Legends podcast. I'm your co-host, Chris, a.k.a. the executive producer, because I'm back at it again, trying to make some YouTube videos for my own personal, uh, I guess, satisfaction, I guess. I like Which it. is something I haven't done in, in like a year. I was messing around like about a year ago, you know, pretty much when we started this podcast together. And, uh, and then I just kind of gave up for a bit. But now, trying it again, putting some uh, creative experimentation out there. You're ready to get YouTube famous again, is what you're telling me. Yeah, ready to get the the uh, affiliate links and the the G Fuel sponsorship, <laughs> and who, whoever else wants to come on by. Toothbrushes, I'll take them all. Raid Shadow Legends, anybody? Mm, Hello, I, I heard they pay well. I heard they pay well. That's all That's, I'll say. Look, we're trying to we're trying to get money in the bank, baby. That's yeah. what I'm here for. And yeah, joining me on this episode of this lovely show is our other co-host, Raymond. What's going on, man? You just got back and it, I, it, actually we haven't talked in like a month, I think. I know, it's been a while. I was just looking when we opened up our, like, our files here and the last one was from June 27th. So it's, yeah, we're a good week away from a whole month. I don't know, it's been good. Had a trip to Spain. Uh, that was pretty cool. Ended up not doing too much because... We had, it was like a wedding the first week, and that was a lot going on with that. And the second week, it was just like hanging by the beach, trying to do as little as possible, but in Spain. Um, so that was good. Uh, made the trip back all right. Was a little jet lagged, just like... I feel like the jet lag coming back, though, is all right, because you're... You basically just like safe. wake up early, and, you know, sometimes that makes you feel productive. And then I'm back to waking up 15 minutes before work starts, so... We're uh, on schedule now. It's all As great. it should be. Yeah. Rolling out of bed, brushing your teeth at lunch or during the 10, 10 a.m. meeting. One yeah. of those two. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite uh, favorite thing you ate out in Spain? Mm, my favorite thing that we ate there. Um, gosh, there was like the thing. The thing with the Spanish diet is that it really it like takes a little bit to get used to because. Well, where we were, the, like, main thing was jamón, which is just, like, ham. It's, like, where they have this, like, the huge cured leg of ham. And then they, like, slice it really thin, like, off it, like, all the way down. Um, it's it's kind of like prosciutto, but it's Spanish and not quite as salty, but it's pretty good. Um, and that was, like, the specialty that we went to. I, I like that. They had a guy, like, at the wedding reception where it was just, like, this guy and like his that like his title or whatever his business card said like hamon like guy you know like that was his whole job and he had his own pedestal that the leg stood on and it was engraved with his name and then like just literally for the whole like hour long that we were out like in the cocktail hour he was just slicing plates of this ham and he'd hand it to people and then you just walk around and eat it that was good he's certified yeah a true professional that's pretty sweet, man. And then uh, you said you were there for your cousin's wedding. How was that? It was good. It was fun. Um, it was like, we have a pretty big family on that side and my dad's side. So it was a whole bunch of people that, a whole bunch of white people, you know, uh, that all made the trip out. And then the uh, the wife's side was all Spanish people. So it was a good, a good solid mix for a party. Um, it was, it was fun. I think. I don't know. The, the other thing with Spain is that the schedule is so fucked up. It's like you like lunch is like the big meal that you're supposed to eat. That's like at like one o'clock. Like usually you don't eat like I never ate breakfast. It's like you'd get pastries and an espresso kind of thing. And then you'd have lunch and then there's siesta in the afternoon where like nobody's open. Like you're not supposed to be out. You're just supposed to you know be at home out of the sun. And then dinner wouldn't like start until like nine o'clock. So like the wedding uh-huh. <laughs> like the night of the wedding was like the ceremony was at like seven and then we had like an hour like cocktail hour and then one or dinner wasn't served until like nine forty five or 10 
And then the wedding, like the after party was until like four. And then we went to a bar afterwards that was next door to the castle. And it was like, it was insane. Honestly, insane. I'm sorry, did you say castle? Yeah, that was why uh, the wedding had been like delayed like a year or so because of COVID, but also because they wanted to have it in a castle. So it was in an old Spanish castle. That's fair. Yeah. Well, congrats, congrats to your cousin. Thanks. Thank you. I'll pass it on. And now let's get back to our lonely League of Legends related lives. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> back at back safe at home on the headsets. And let's get into it with patch 12.3, the latest patch that dropped about a week ago. And there's a whole lot of stuff going on here, man. There's a new champion. There's a lot of champion adjustments, item adjustments, a whole bunch of new skins. And really, it's just like probably like 20 pages of just information laid out <laughs> here. Um, so yeah, let me let me go through it. I think it's about uh, 11 champion buffs, two champion nerfs, and some adjustments for uh, Gwen and Sivir. We'll, we'll definitely talk about Sivir. Um, changes to some items, including Leandri's, Demonic Embrace, and Sunderer, which have been doing like super well this past season. And then um, if you've seen any of the new champion, let's talk about that as well. Let's start with um, let's start with her actually. Have you seen any Nila walking around? Yeah, you know, I haven't played too much, but I've been watching streams and stuff, uh, trying to trying to get the info on the new champ. She seems pretty decent. Um, it's really it's really interesting. I think what I didn't realize when we were doing like all the previews and stuff, and just looking at her spotlight, like that she's actually a melee champ, like full on like a melee champ. You know, unless you hit your Q. Um, and that makes it kind of interesting when it comes to like builds like you can do like you can get conquer and stack conquer like faster on your autos and then also like buy stuff like death stance and have the like fully effectiveness of that item um but it does make laning like pretty hard for her um a lot of like uh just it's really easy to get bullied out from range and you don't have that much agency to like fight back really unless the enemies you know like give you a lot of space um and and let you like engage on them or if your support is helpful a lot with that um so so it can be pretty rough depending on the matchup that you're against um but once she gets a few items and like probably like three items is when she like really pops off when she gets infinity edge um she can be really strong sweet so she's actually just mordekaiser a little bit a little bit like the mordekaiser of old yeah but it's like once once you get once you do get strong you you do have like with the double dashes and your ulti to have the kind of like wombo potential you do there's a lot of stuff you can do in fights like from from a considerable distance like that's a little less than just Mordekaiser running at you kind of thing uh-huh early on All right, though, let's... she's really abusable that's that's advice playing against her as from my a couple games that I've played as her it feels like she's really abusable if you have any kind of range you gotta take advantage. You know, the funny thing is, I thought the same way about Samira at first, too, when people were trying to figure her out. I was like, dude, that champ has no range. You just poke her out. And then when she does try to go in, then you'll kill her. Because she'll be at, like, 30% health. Yeah. By the I think time she, like, decides to commit. I think Samira has a little bit more, like, at least early on, because she has the extra damage, like, on her passive and stuff. That uh, I think she has more... And I mean, like, her W and her E, I think, do more damage than Neela's stuff. So you, you end up with more all-in damage as Samira that Neela early on just, like, doesn't have. Like, it's if you E in, if you EQ in, and you ever miss Q or you ever just, like, get hit by every ability kind of thing, you just don't have that much damage. Uh-huh. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Well, she's already been hotfix nerfed the next day, so... True. We'll see how... um how it keeps on going as time goes on and whether or not she'll make an appearance in the next patch, apparently for nine patches in a row, which has happened to Ziri. But, you know, we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the server changes, man. She got a, a, a mid-scope update, which we usually would have covered in, like, uh, like the the in-between dev patch notes. Um, but this time around, we've just got the full thing. So I'll just try to go over it really quickly. Some base stat adjustments. Um, changes to her passive where um, the bonus move speed is more but it um, lasts for a shorter duration 
uh, changes to boomerang blade where the cooldown is always higher um, but the speed going out is faster and slower on the way back and then it also scale, um, scales with crit chance where it does more damage um, the more crit chance that you have um, so pretty cool do you want to stop there any comments so far uh, I'll also add on the Q. She has uh, a scaling cast time on it now with attack speed. So later in the game, it Ooh. doesn't feel like you're missing autos by using it. Um, uh-huh. And then the the thing with the move speed on her passive to keep note of is that like that is really good for kiting, since you are usually wasting duration on the buff anyway by auto attacking in between. So now if you're auto attacking and moving after really quickly, you'll have like a lot more move speed on average makes sense next up is uh changes to her ricochet where at at level five it does noticeably less damage and so we'll we'll talk about how they make that up um they used to have the bonus attack speed given to her w through her ulti now that's just built into her w uh, to give her attack speed which is really nice and then it also um can bounce more than it can bounce and can hit the same target more than once up to twice <laughs> which is like a, a really weird way for them to phrase it right um, <laughs> yeah the w so is I, yeah what do you think about that the w is a pretty interesting change like he said it does like basically half the damage that it did before at max rank um but with the multiple bounces and the other note is that now it's a buff with a duration instead of over just like your next three attacks so Ooh, technically, yeah, it's over point. like four seconds that you can get as many attacks off uh, as you can. And with the bonus attack speed and all that, uh, you can get a lot more ricochets than just the three that were standard before. So with that and with being able to bounce back to the same champion, like in team fights, theoretically, you can get a lot more damage off like later in the game once you have a lot of attack speed. Yeah, so a lot of her damage is going to come from this now. Not that it didn't before, but yeah. Um, let's talk about her spell shield next, where it does it no longer restores mana. Instead, it gives you health, um, health back if you block an enemy ability, which is kind of interesting. I mean, it was kind of weird that it gave her mana back in the first place, and then like you know some matchups you just like were afraid to cast a spell against her because then you'd give her free mana and then therefore free pushing power, like infinitely. Um, I'm thinking of like you know like Caitlyn matchups where like you just don't put down a trap because right. that's free mana for her. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little weird. Um, what do you think about this change? They've they've compensated it with, uh, like, I mean, one, you still get a heal now, so, like, it's still useful and important, like, to block stuff. But they've also compensated the, like, mana costs on our other abilities. They're a little lower now. So, overall, you're about the same. You know, you still, if you buy an Essence Reaver, you basically have infinite mana. Um, I kind of like it. It seems like in lane, it, I don't know, it works a little bit more like you expect, you know? Like, you, at this way, you want to save... E for blocking something important still, but while you're lower health, it is you know it's useful in fights. Like you can really like bait and turn with that. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty much the same as it was before. Mm-hmm. And then lastly is her ulti, which they've given a, a shorter cooldown and a longer duration as you rank it up. And then also, if Sivir assists with a recent cooldown while um, her ulti is active, the aura on it will also refresh its duration. And then her basic attacks during her uh, ulti duration reduce uh, reduce basic ability cooldowns by um, half a second per attack, which is huge. Um, so, and then it looks like it also doesn't give movement speed at the start of it, so it's just ramping ramping movement speed um, over the duration. So, what do you think about some of the the big changes to that, where you know the basically buffs her auto attacks? Yeah, the auto attack buff is pretty cool. Um, I think. I've been watching some people talk about it. I think it was Arrow who was saying like now you kinda don't need um you kinda don't need to build like Essence Reaver or cooldown because your ulti has it built in, you know, you can pretty much guarantee that you're gonna have uh you know if you ulti and you're in a fight and you have W on, like you're gonna basically have full W uptime, um, because the cooldown's gonna start ticking like with every attack that you make, right? Uh, and you'll have a couple keys to get off. Uh, the important thing, the most important thing for team fights probably is like how fast you get your spell shield back up. So that's really nice too. Uh, and it's a flat cooldown. So 
I guess because it's a flat cooldown reduction, it, it can't be useful to still get ability haste. You know, like that's not gonna um, devalue it. You'll technically get more value out of it, um, but you'll you'll probably get as much cooldown as you need out of having your ulti on, um, which is it's pretty cool. It's a good feeling to be able to like pop your ulti and then like you're you're suddenly a lot more powerful than just having you know bonus move speed, uh, which is nice, especially in like one v one situations if you ever run into it. For sure, man. All right. Um, are there any champions that stick out to you that you want to talk about from this patch? Um, I think there were a couple. I think I want to talk about the Gwen changes. They changed her, like some of her regen stuff, but a lot of nerfs to her damage, uh, if I remember right. She does less damage to minions, right? And less true damage overall. Um, which seems pretty good. And then also her duration on her W is lowered and her E cooldown has been kind of messed with so like the refund is lower at early ranks uh, so it's overall a longer cooldown uh, early in lane and that kind of stuff um, and then the last thing was her ulti getting changed so the ulti does more damage like each needle does more damage and her R reset like how before you had to like auto in between each cast of her R for the like more and more needles now it's just like a single, like a normal, like second in between each cast. You don't need the autos, which um, I don't know. Overall, it seems like she's a lot weaker in lane, which seems good. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Like I'm not a top laner, but it seems like she's getting picked a lot just like as a generically strong top. So I imagine that this means she can be a little bit more punished. You know, like having a longer cooldown in E means it's harder to just like use it to Q and trade like that, um, like in short trades and you'll have a longer window to punish her afterwards um the r change i don't know if that's like super impactful i think uh it sounds like it just makes her team fighting more consistent like you can have follow-up from a long distance on like a priority target if you can't just if you can only like hit frontline or something um so i don't know it seems it seems interesting i wonder i i imagine that we'll see a little less gwen but i'm not sure really how impactful all these are yeah i definitely agree with you that she's been seeing a, a lot more play um after having like some time off last summer split, she came back a lot this summer split so far. Or, yeah, summer split. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I, one champion I wanted to point out was just three nerfs to Volley Bear's um, skills. His Q, W, and E all received nerfs this patch. Um, and he's also just another champion that we've seen being picked out a bit out in the jungle. Um, so, really interesting to see some of the nerfs that they did to him like less move speed on his q less damage on his w and then less damage on his e both in general and against monsters as well so just overall like putting him down i'm not sure how much of an effect that will have but um without a doubt it's like gonna be uh, something noticeable yeah it is it is these felt like pretty big nerfs just like a lot less damage overall and it like you're at this point, you're probably just picking Volley Bear because you want to dive some lane, and you can you can still do that. Like he still has the point and click CC, and he still has the shield, and he still can turn off towers. But if you're expecting him to be able to duel or do anything like that, he's he's not going to have as much damage in in those kind of scenarios. So he's probably going to be just like building straight tank a lot more. Uh huh. Any other champions from this patch you want to point out? Um. Let's see, not too much. Uh, they put in a Renekton buff in here, which seems weird. I wonder how many people are just going to start picking Renekton again. Um, they had some weird Master Yi changes. I don't know. He he went over. He ran over solo queue a little bit still, right? I don't know how crazy that is now. I think he had some hotfix nerfs too. Uh, and then the the other one that maybe is probably pro-focused is the changes to uh, Corky Rockets. They gave him like less base damage and less AP scaling. So like the kind of hybrid build I think is a little worse now. He still has pretty good AD scaling, which means, you know, you want to prioritize like your man immune and your um ravenous hydra, those kind of uh items, but if you're going uh Ludens or Void Staff, you just end up with less damage overall on your poke ultis. Mm-hmm. Alright. Anything else in this patch that you want to cover over? Um. Oh, the other thing we're with the items. I think that's all the champions. But the they made a couple interesting changes to how 
Leandri's and demonic embrace work. Uh, I don't know if um, you knew about this, but like the the burn passives on both of those champ or both of those items didn't uh, stack with each other. Like if you had multiple people on the same team that were like typically Leandri's users, it'd be kind of bad to both buy Leandri's because only one will proc whoever like proc it first. Uh, that, makes, so, that makes sense to me, kind of. But um, go ahead. Yeah, but so now they've made it so different instances of the item will both proc on the same, you know, on the same champion. So you can have a Zyra support build Leandries and also your mid lane Cho'Gath or whatever. And if they hit the same person, they'll be burning for, you know, essentially twice the damage. Um, I think, I think it's most impactful for like support champs like that, or especially if you're in solo queue and you get stuck, like with, um, if you get stuck with a, you know, a brand or a Zyra support, as a mid laner that would otherwise build Leandries, you can still do that. Um, there's like some because I think Leandries has a uh, AP ratio associated with it, not just the percent max health damage. So if you're like competing, I guess, with a low income support that's going to have less AP, technically, if they procced it first, theirs would be the only one that did damage, and you would just be refreshing the duration as like a mid laner who followed up. Um, now you'll both get like the optimal damage because both will proc. Um, I don't think it's really game breaking, but just like it works probably more like you'd expect if you're, you know, you, you wouldn't think like, oh, I'm going to build this item and then it's not going to do as much damage because somebody else is doing it instead. Uh huh. Yeah. Anything else for you from this one? I'm trying to make sense of these Sundra changes, but I kind of hate like changes where they reconfigure how the math is calculated. Like um, instead of having it do percent um, damage of the target's maximum health, now it's per- um, percent AD of the target's maximum health. And that's just something where like you'd have to go and test it to see if it's stronger or not. Yeah, I think in general it's supposed to be weaker now. Like this is a this is a nerf, and especially for champs that would build it like as like a damage item kind of um because it's based it's based off of base ad and now at like lower portion of the max health so you're uh you're getting just overall like less value because of that like if you're if you're building it for tank shredding purposes um uh-huh and they also changed they changed the healing of it too. I think to try and to try and even out the healing, uh, but I don't know how much that. Yeah, like you said, it's probably like you have to try it for numbers. Yeah, it's funny how like some items have been in a problem like ever since their inception. Like Gale Force was really strong for a really long time. Sundra has been strong ever since people figured out how strong it was, and yeah. then. I remember Stridebreaker was super strong when they had buffed it for months. And same thing for Gore Drinker as well. Um, so I wonder like how much longer like these it, this iteration of Mythic items is going to go on if like if we'll see these again next year. It, that thought just like came into my head. Yeah, it is kind of a... feels a little bit like there's there's definitely been holes that they've dug themselves into or like whether intentional or not. Right. Like, like you said, I remember the Gore Drinker and then the Stridebreaker metas both seemed like, well, Gore Drinker was really strong. And so people would just build Gore Drinker and then they nerfed Gore Drinker, but they were like, Hey, you can still build Stridebreaker by the way, which is, you know, it was a good item. We made it a better item. So it makes you interested. And then it was like, Oh, nice. Now you can build Stridebreaker. And they just left it like really strong for a while. But yeah, I wonder, yeah. I wonder, yeah, that's a good thought. I don't know if they'll keep everything the same. The, all these feel like they fill, you know, decent niches, uh, at least. I would. I don't know how you would just rip one out and not have a replacement. I don't know. I don't know how that would work. Be a big overhaul if they just started pulling out mythic items, I feel like. Yeah. All right, and then also just a ton of the Star Guardian skins dropped this patch, and there's going to be more coming on the way, including Star Guardian Echo, Kaisa, Nila, Sona, and Star Nemesis Fiddlesticks. Do you have a favorite out of out of all of these? Um, I don't know. Out of this one, I feel like 
I don't know. Kaisa's the Kaisa's the poster girl out of this drop, I feel like. But Sona has this cool rat that's her familiar assistant. I don't know if you've played any of the the Star Guardian visual novel in the client yet. But Sona's rat not. is cool. I see. Does it have a name? I forget the names. They're all like weird <laughs> anime names that I don't have committed to memory. For sure. Yeah, I'm just right. here for the next uh, patch when they have Queen. I I know you're already you're already <laughs> topped up. Tops off my RP, yeah. Alright, just a couple of more items before we get into the LCS weekend. One would be um a change in the TSM roster. Initially leaked by Double Lift, you know, randomly after like the Mr. Beast event that happened um during the off week of LCS. And then I it came true where three members are moved off of the main roster and three more came, and four more came in actually. So what they did is they um, removed Huni, Shenyi, and Tactical from the main lineup um, with the reasoning for Huni being that he actually has really damaged wrists and it's possible he might not even play pro ever again. Uh, we'll see about that though. And then they're also adding Chime to the roster um, moving up Instinct from their Academy roster, um, as well as um, who's their AD carry now, and then also their, a top laner, Soul. And they also added Solo to the TSM Academy as well um, in order to um, compensate. So a whole lot of changes came out at once, um, and we've already seen them played this weekend. So I guess any quick thoughts on the new TSM lineup? Yeah, I think... Um... Given the scenario, it seems like a pretty decent change. Um, I don't know. The the Huni stuff is the the most, like, uh, I don't know. It's the least speculative, I feel like. So I, I'll touch on that first. You know, it sucks to see Huni go, uh, obviously. I feel like, I wonder, I, I, I feel like this is, like, kind of a an explanation for, I don't know, some of the times in TSM Legends where it felt like, you know, like even last split where Bjergsen was flaming people for not practicing solo queue and that kind of stuff, you know? I imagine that this kind of is related to that. You know, you're just, you're literally injured. You probably don't want to just go and grind shitty NA solo queue while you're wrist hurt. Yeah, or even Champions Um, queue. Yeah, or Champions queue. Yeah, so for that reason, it I mean, it sucks, but like, I think as like i f- i feel like people should be excited for soul uh, it's a similar track to like what danny did last year where he was off of like an amateur squad like within the last you know calendar year uh went to uh, academy just in the off season of summer i think like before before summer split um and he was on a different like proving grounds team and then tsm picked him up as an academy pickup uh just yeah just this summer uh and so now he's you know straight into lcs um obviously under some strange circumstances but if you've listened to like his interviews and he was on uh hotline league this week i think and he's he sounds like he's a really like interesting you know like definitely motivated interesting kind of character so uh it was cool to see him do pretty well this week but i feel like that's that's like the best pickup i think the other ones feel a lot like uh you kind of just like we have to make a change, you know. Like this, some of the Shenny stuff, they had uh, a lot of complaints as an org. It seemed like when they dropped him, it was kind of a damning um, statement that the GM had left about him, just saying that right. he was like saying that he was a detriment to the development of the team. Kind of like that, like that was not just a hey, we've decided to part ways. That was a look, we need to get Shenny out of here. Um, which yeah, kind of sucks given that they pulled him over from China at the beginning of the year. Um, but hopefully he can still find his way, like you know, either back in LPL or LDL or wherever he wants to go. Yeah, it's so crazy, like the way they they kind of push Yi on blast like that. Um, and it looks like he has no future at, at LCS and TSM at least, or um, the Academy roster. So kind of weird, and I, I wouldn't think that any other team is gonna pick him up before he goes back and so yeah yeah, like you said they picked tsm picked up like two ldl players at the start of this year and both of them are gone halfway through yeah um 
and that that plan just did not work out at all. Yeah, I feel like that uh, the Shenny stuff at least seems to me like it has to be pretty true, you know? Like I it sucks overall for the guy, but I think at the same time he brought some of that out on like I don't I mean it's obviously a bad situation and he got benched like on multiple occasions into fucking academy, but to 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 act the way he did, I guess, if if the way that they uh put it is true, then that's a really shitty way to like, you know, act towards your teammates who, you know, are just trying to do their best thing for their career too. So I it makes sense that I would I would let him go if that's the case, but it does it's crazy that he is like only in an A basically for like four months and then kicked back to China. Yeah, just to play some League of Legends and then he can't even do that now. Yeah. <laughs> and then Another the last... TSM... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say the last, uh, the tactical change. What do you feel about that? Because I think, I think, to some degree, I don't know how much you can fault tactical because of the I don't know inconsistency inconsistency that he's had with his supports. But at the same time, I don't know how you can fault all his supports because of the inconsistency that tactical has had. So I, this feels like the least, like. N- the role, the swap that TSM like as an org would want to make the least, uh, because of like the promise that they had in tactical as a as a pickup, uh, but at the same time, I feel like they definitely had to. I'm I'm a bit bummed about the tactical move, um, because I think that as a player, tactical is still in the top six of um NA resident AD carries, and so like replacing him for another resident doesn't really do it for me it's just like oh now it's just another person who has to gain experience as an lcs you know player and then it's just a matter of time before the next person becomes you know rocket jump happy and stuff like that um so i definitely value like experience and and international experience and time on stage a a lot however at some point i guess yeah tactical does have to get sharper um and be sharp without core JJ. Uh, and it kind of did seem like his time on TSM so far hasn't been, um, I guess like 100% clean. There have been some games where, wow, tactical is being, being really well off on his own. And I, I remember there was like a jinx game in the, in the spring split where he did an absurd amount of his team's damage or something like that. Yeah. And, um, and was it like a pivotal point of that game as well. Uh, so it's not that he can't do it. But I, I wish that I, I hope that he can um I guess take this time to work on his consistency and make his way back. Yeah, it just reminds me of um in the off season when Double was doing his ADC power rankings and it was like, you know, he was like number one me, number two Sven. And then uh actual super number one is tactical with good mental. And then tactical normally is like at five or six. And then tactical with bad mental is like down way below near like I'm a cutie pie level. And it's like, <laughs> damn, bro. I I it's like you watch that and it's like the only thing I remember being like, ooh shit, if tactical is like on his game, TSM's gonna be fucking good. And then now I didn't even think of the possibilities like, damn, if tactical and mental boons He's gonna get fucking benched. That's fucking bad, dude. So it sucks. Yeah, I think that part just sucks. That if it's just like a total confidence issue, like I mean, the kid can play. Like we've seen him play, but it just has not come together this year for whatever reason. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully he does pretty good in academy or starts to find his way again before the end of the year. Just so you know, you don't end up lost and like not on a team. Yeah, but I would say though that. If, um, you know, before any of this happened, if you had to ask me, you know, if TSM has to make some changes, what changes would you make? Um, you know, going through it, I would think uh, Maple and Spica are probably fine. Um, I wouldn't have guessed Huni. Um, and, um, but, you know, him, Huni having to st- step away because of wrist injuries is, um, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I would have said, like, I, I suppose changes to the bot lane and maybe even changes to both of the players down there. Um, would make sense for them to at least try something out if what they've got going on now isn't working. And so 
Um, you know, there having to be a change to three players overall is like, you know, a big shift out of nowhere, but at least it's, it was week four and there's still a long ways to go, um, for everyone. Yeah. I've, I have a lot of respect for Huni for being able to, I mean, like say like, look, I, I'm, I'm sure that to some degree it was like, we aren't doing so well. Probably he thinks he isn't doing so well himself. And he's like, this is, this is the limit for me. Like I should not be playing if my wrists are this bad. Uh, so to make that call and like do it in the middle of the season instead of like waiting for an off season and then like being like, oh, actually, my wrist fucking hurt. I'm retiring or I need to take a split off or whatever. Uh, and then like having that as like the you look back and you're like, oh, that's why they were so bad or anything like that. Being able to say that now and just like, you know, step down when he needs to is, you know, a pretty respectable thing. And I imagine that that probably drove like some of these other changes. Like, well, like if we have to replace Huni, let's make you know, our roster adjustments, whether they were just, you know, doing mixed scrims or whatever for like the first week of the break, uh, and then decided on this roster come the second week. Um, you know, like that's a good time to do these things like as a bundle. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think so too. Any last thoughts on the the changing TSM roster? Um, I think the only one thing I want to touch on, did you see today that um that Huni has been like his contract has been changed to that of like a coach, like officially. Oh no, I haven't seen that. I think I think I saw Travis Gafford say that Tooney is now like officially a coach for TSM, and that Kays uh, has been like removed from their contract database. And I haven't seen anything about him like leaving or like I I don't know. We haven't seen specifics other than like what the contracts have changed. Um, but I, I'm I, I'm interested, I guess, to see if it's like Kays got fired or he's just like moving to like some like league of legends management position kind of thing or like player development position. That's not a like stage coach, but Huni has like officially, and I say that with like quotation marks around it has officially taken over as like a coach for the team. Hmm. That, that would be pretty interesting to hear because to my understanding, I think Kays is like the last, the last member of like the, you know, the last iter- generation of, TSM coaches and coaching staff since um you know Parth and a lot of other people had left and they brought in Chowie and stuff like that so I yeah I thought that case was like I thought they must have had a lot of um respect for case so well, okay. I, I guess okay before I start spitting that stuff that there's a manage there's uh on the League of Legends or on the TSM subreddit on this like twitter post that got posted here um the general manager said that Kaze is still with the team Huni's on stage for the next few weeks since he's been helping the team already and that according to riot rules you can only have four coaching staffs on the official contract so Huni's taking over that spot so that he can be the one on stage but Kaze is still like there helping out uh-huh that makes sense it's sweet all right, one last uh, TSM item that I wanted us for uh, for us to cover is the official riot investigation of TSM Reginald, um, which was released about a week ago. Um, and I just want to kind of cover the TLDR points over it. Um, so three bullet points. The league believes that there is a pattern and practice of disparaging and bullying behavior exhibited by Andy Din towards TSM players and staff members. Um, the second part details the um, punishment, uh, which is TSM is fined $75,000 and Din Andy must complete sensitivity training and executive training. And um, he is placed on probation for the next two years across the Riot ecosystem. Um, and then sc- scrolling all the way down, there's um, some elaboration on what that means, um, what a, what a two-year probation means. So it says... Um, TSM and Reginald have committed themselves to a culture shift within their organization, and we want to provide space for that positive shift to occur. However, we want to ensure that should that shift not occur, the consequences within the Riot ecosystem are also clear. Any finding by the LCS or any other Riot governing body that Reginald has violated um, Riot rules during this probation period will bring severely enhanced penalties. Uh, So, that that's kind of interesting to me. What whatever that means. Uh, any thoughts on this ongoing Reginald saga about 
him and his mental against <laughs> TSM employees. Yeah, this part is this is like the the next step of I'm glad that there's some like tangible punishment coming out of it. I don't like it's it's interesting because you know that like technically Riot can't do anything about it or like the LCS can't do anything about like just whatever they've reported on unless it's like breaking actual rules that they have written in an agreement somewhere, right? So the LCS rules are like this is like in that in that uh post it's talking about like him basically having bad behavior, right? And that's the only thing you can really get him on because that's the only rule that like actually handles it. Um, and it's not like the some of the other stuff that came out like about the legal you know standing of uh, like employees and that kind of thing they don't get into that or they say like look we can't rule on this because we're not fucking lawyers um, or you know a judge in a court of law kind of thing we're just like we just have to reprimand him for what we've agreed on um, so just the fact that I don't know the the punishment isn't that much like the seventy five grand is you know jump change to the 250 million dollars that they have from ftx or whatever um but the the fact that they have to do something as well as like the probation part for riot uh is pretty interesting because that that feels like i don't know at this point if anything else comes forward you know speaker comes out and says look veggie yelled at us all after we went two and four and then uh you know kicked shenny onto a boat to get back home and like you know, has withheld payments or anything like that, then, like, that becomes the point where now they have precedence to legitimately, like, remove TSM or remove Reginald, like, uh, like what happened with uh, Echo Fox and that kind of stuff. Like, that could happen in the foreseeable future uh, if this pattern continues, which is a good precedent to set, I think. But, um, yeah, interesting that interesting that this happened and now, you know, you look back in the, the TSM investigation found no wrongdoing kind of thing. Uh-huh. Any other uh, thoughts on the, the right investigation of Andy Din and TSM? I do like the uh, the mentions they've made about, like, what the Players Association has done and having the, like, the tip line for any players or current employees, like, through them. Um, it's nice to see just like Riot actually doing something about Reginald, it's nice to see the Players Association actually do something that like should prop up, you know, current players. Yeah, and I wonder if that tip line is just for like oh, any team in general, and I guess as well. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine that they. Uh, it's definitely like telling them, like, look, if something is happening, you should tell us. You know, <laughs> if if other teams are getting screwed over somehow. Yeah, somehow. All right, enough with the the Debbie Downers. Let's get into <laughs> LCS Week Four with some excitement in the and uh, throughout the weekend. Uh, let's just cover some of the um, standings now that two weeks have gone by and, and a couple of things have changed. CLG is not at the very top, but they're still up there. Um, so let's start with EG. They haven't dropped a game in a couple of weeks, um, being in first place at eight and one. Next up are. TL and 100 Thieves tied in for second in a place at 6 and 3. Next up we have CLG and FlyQuest tied at 5 and 4. Then we have Cloud9 and Golden Guardians tied at 4 and 5. 7th um, place we ha- or 8th place we have TSM at 3 and 6. And then lastly uh, at the bottom we have both Immortals and Dignitas at 2 and 7. Um, I guess just right off the bat dude, how do, how are the standings coming out to you now that we're through? Um, I think the first round Robin of um, every team having played every other team so far. Yeah, I think for me, there's two, there's two big like red spots, like, like that are standing out to me on this. And one is EG is eight and one. And some of this is also for me, I was on vacation during week three of the LCS. I didn't watch any games. Then there was that whole break. And then I came back and watched this last week. So I only have like, there's a very long gap here between like what I remember and what I see now. Uh, but EG is eight and one, uh, which is really good. Uh, you know, we talked a lot after like MSI about whether EG would have like the you know the like vacation phase and have take some time to get back into things. But they really are just looking like, hey, we figured out how to beat all these NA scrubs, and we're going to keep doing that, and it doesn't matter how out of shape we are or whatever. Um, 
So that's pretty crazy to see how they're running the league. Yeah, I I think that's kind of my thoughts on TL right now is that they should have this kind of I w- I would expect TL to have this air around them of like okay let's put um, mall through these NA scrubs but yeah. <laughs> that is not happening. Um, not that they're losing a lot. I think they've just lost to EG, Hundred Thieves, and and one other team so far. Um, so they're they're still at the top of the standings. Second place is not that bad after four weeks. Um, but I, I think just the expectations set for their roster, they should be. They should be have either sole contention of second place or at least you know one game behind first place is what I would have thought, um, and 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 kind of had expected of them of this like really stacked roster. So it's kind of disappointing um, to see that they're not dominating in that sense. Um, that's just my two cents on TL. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of that. Um, I think another one that similarly feels like they should be dominating a little more than they are is cloud nine that's the other mark for me that i'm like are they really four and five they're really under 500 tied for you know the bottom half of the league like that's i mean they're you know tsm could beat them in a head-to-head and suddenly overtake them in a in a you know like top six position for playoffs like that's that's crazy to me right now i know they started out with that sub week and they were they went zero and three right to start out the season so that's kind of rough to in terms of like a standings, but that means they've only gone two and two with their, you know, main roster that we expected a lot more out of. So I didn't get to watch last week's games, but this week, you know, they had the one pretty good win over TSM, but that's also TSM. I don't know how much you can give them credit. And then they lost um, just this on Sunday to uh, Immortals, which is like really sus. So I'm, you know, I'm a little worried about how the C9 roster is going to shape up. They feel like the they feel like the team that can really like drop out of top six and bring some random bottom tier team into the upper bracket for playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's just like I would say kind of a cluster around the middle right now where a lot a lot of teams are just one or two games um, close to each other, and only EG has pulled out ahead. So I feel like even the TL can maybe not, might not even be safe. They'll make they'll make they'll make playoffs since playoffs is uh, during the summer has like such a wide cast of you know, you know who's qualified. But yeah, um, barring barring like a double lift spring twenty twenty level of meltdown, like they're in playoffs. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, CLG could be bottom four next week. GG uh, Golden Guardians could be top four next week. A lot of stuff could could go down this weekend um, that could drastically shift the 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 um, standings. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun moving into the second round robin, um, having expectations of who beat who last time, and then also um, what are, what's going to change uh, moving forward. Yeah, I uh, I definitely agree. I'm yeah with with EG being the like one aside, the rest of them all look like. Well, also maybe not Immortals, and also maybe not Taking Thoughts. But, like, everybody else is... Technically, they're there. Like, mathematically there, right? Like, there's there's runs that could happen um, for for every other team in, in the league. So, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Um, Alright, so this past week four of uh, the LCS, were there any matches um, that caught your attention throughout the weekend? Um, I think the couple, like of kind of important upsets where i don't know we already mentioned the immortals beating c9 one um but there was on on saturday the first game of the day was flyquest versus 100 thieves and flyquest like kind of pulled out a pretty like convincing win against them uh it wasn't like a an overall stomp for a lot of the game but i remember watching this like for a little bit and i think i had a place that i was going somewhere so i was like only like tabbed in for a little and FlyQuest just kept, like, building up a kill lead, building up a kill lead, and then at some point just, like, w- took it Baron, won a couple fights, and, like, ended the game, you know? It was like I put down my phone for a little bit and then opened it back up a few minutes later, and they were, like, 11-1 and one was the score, and they were at the Nexus, and I was like, holy shit, FlyQuest just beat up 100 Thieves, and I don't think very many people had that on their radar uh, for this weekend, so that was a pretty big game for me. 
yeah, I, w- I would say that that hundred games, um, hundred thieves game was an upset. How about any um other games? I think probably the only other one. I don't know that that there's like two flip flops of that where the next the very next day FlyQuest looking like they're suddenly like a pretty good team you know top t- top tier if they win this game they're top two in the league kind of thing uh, and then they went and lost to the new like TSM that um, was a pretty good game from TSM uh, like we had uh, like TSM uh, their new top laner was playing pretty well on NAR Instinct got a pentakill like coming out of Academy you know like it was very very uh, Wild Turtle replacing Chaos vibes kind of stuff from that one. Um, but it was well played overall, like as a team, it seemed like. Uh, and again, it was like, well, FlyQuest, I thought, was a really good team, apparently. And then they lost to TSM, so it was like, what's <laughs> going on? Um, but then the game right after, it was 100 Thieves who were like, now, it's like, if, well, if, if they lost to FlyQuest, and FlyQuest just lost to TSM, then maybe neither of those teams are very good. Uh, and then they're playing CLG, who this season is like basically all we can think of is that CLG is actually fucking good. Um, but then they kind of went and beat up on CLG with like I don't know that I didn't I didn't watch too much of that game, but just like looking back and you're looking at comps and you're seeing CLG pick Vi and like they have a Fiora that's kind of getting shit on on Azir. That's you know like I don't know it, it was a it was a weird game. It was a really well played game, I thought, from um, Abadage. But like overall, it's like I. It's so hard to put a like a power reading on any of these middle tier teams now because I don't know. The, especially the hundred thieves. I feel like this is all year. You just don't know how good they are. They want to lose random games that they should win, and they win games that they should lose. And you think they're really good, and then. They get to play us and get 3 you know, like, I don't know how to expect that from them. And CLG is actually still CLG, so how am I supposed to predict that, too? For sure. Um, a- Any other thoughts on, on this weekend's games before we give a preview to the next week? No, let's just hop into next week, dude. I think, I think I've got everything I can out of this week. For sure. Let's start with uh, Saturday's games. Um, I think first lined up, we have uh, a rematch between Evil Geniuses and CLG, which is uh, EG's only lost so far this split, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Are you looking forward to this game as, as much as I am? Yeah, this one should be fun, I think. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like CLG's got to have something up their sleeve. You know, I feel like you probably, as EG, you probably have this chip on your shoulder. That this is like the, you know, the reason you're not undefeated. And then as CLG, you probably are like, you know, we're we're ready to make it like 2-0 for us and you know if we it comes down to it we'll have the tiebreaker um i think i think it's hard to bet against eg but certainly if i was a betting man i think clg is the most likely team that i would uh put money on to take another game off them the split interesting okay um, next up, I'm looking at the the third match on Saturday, which is TSM versus 100 Thieves. And kind of just echoing over, like, kind of the, the mess of a weekend in last week that they had of, like, okay, bad in one game, good in the next. And then, so what are they really at? And so it, that's kind of funny that um, they're going to face each other this week. And we'll kind of see where the new TSM roster is at. Um, I would give the favor to 100 Thieves, but um, I think that's the fun in this matchup for me is, uh, you know, which... Which team is going to show up? Is it going to be like yeah. the funny hundred thieves or the <laughs> playoff gods hundred thieves? Well, we'll see. Right. Yeah. I think. I think uh, for that one, I'm with you that I think it's probably hundred thieves sided of the two TSM games that they showed this weekend. The the one that they lost was like with a really like well played like uh, top lane exploitation, I guess, from Cloud Nine, like a little a lot of early dives and that kind of stuff on Soul. Um, and I think that some days the kind of player something in closer or, you know, the kind of like duo that will really punish a inexperienced top laner. Um, you know, like in comparison to that FlyQuest game, it was Soul Soul talked up talked it up a lot where he was like, Look, I played Philip in Academy, I beat him up there, I'm gonna beat him up here, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um so I think if he has that same kind of like brash confidence going against someday, it probably won't work out the same. And I think Hundred Thieves has like overall like a better matchup into it, but who knows? You know, like you said, we might have the four fun Hundred Thieves show up and just uh, hand them another win. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, anything else for the Saturday games? No, I think that's it for Saturday. Unless IMT wants to be another top tier team and take down Team Liquid, but uh, yeah, that's those are the only ones that I think you like have to watch. Check the post game threads for the other ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a mood actually. <laughs> um, all right, Sunday games. Um, any Sunday games that catch your attention, my good sir? Uh, Sunday, I think uh, TL versus CLG, another like banger, like starting the day game uh it's kind of weird that it's clg and starting off both days but uh you know like yeah i think i think clg is still probably a pretty good team i think you know they're they're proven that they're good uh, they're only five and four which is not like you're not dominating and their other teams like close behind like we said but they're in a good spot if they can take down tl that that you know it depends on what happens saturday but right now that'd make them tied um in the standing so that's that's a pretty hype matchup i think a good a good um what's the word juxtaposition of like new talent versus you know veteran talent uh between those two teams so it'll be interesting to see how they play out good um i think that's a good point yeah a lot of the newer players on clg matching up against like a lot of veteran players over there i'm kind of interested uh, they're not like crazy matchups for cloud nine but um i'm hoping to see them sail through this weekend with 2-0 having matchups against dignitas and golden guardians I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how um, they do against Golden Guardians in particular, um, having both be being at the um, same standing, same position standing wise right now. So um, I'm interested to see how Golden Guardians is going to do against this iteration of Cloud9. Yeah, that's a good call. The fact that they're both tied, I think uh, that matchup seems kind of weird because Golden Guardians is the kind of team to have like kind of kind of interesting drafts this split you know the like stuff like the the uh seraphine was it seraphine mundo or they picked mundo it was like senna mundo into seraphine and karma yeah um that like that's a really good like draft adaptation you know and and ole has been talking about it all split kind of like about how he's you know willing to pick those kind of out of the box picks and a narrow is someone I, i think everybody on that team is pretty willing to to draft a kind of experimental draft and i think c9 is probably one of the only teams in the league that is smart enough to not get like totally boned by an experimental draft you know like they'll see it coming and they have good enough coaching staff that will uh you know be able to see like what they need to do in response uh so we'll see i'm I'm interested mostly just about the draft between that game um and you know how how it plays out if it seems most likely to me like GG will try something like that and then C9 will have, you know, like just shut it down and then it won't be a very close game, but it'll it'll feel like a close draft and then it'll uh, end up one-sided one way. Yeah. Hmm. We'll Next see up we have... See. Yeah, we'll see. Next up we have Evil Thieves... For... Evil Geniuses Evil versus... Hunt... Yeah, I know, right? Psycho. Uh, evil geniuses versus uh, hundred thieves. What do you think about this matchup of um, these two top three teams? Yeah, I mean this one is obviously the battle of the titans, uh, according to the standings at least. I it'll be a, it should be a good game. Hopefully, it's a good game uh, just for the sake of the league, right? That these are these are top teams. This is you know a potential finals matchup. It should be exciting, but to me, it seems most likely that eg just beats 100 thieves i don't know that's i i'm not expecting a banger game but i can be proven wrong mm, darn when you put it that way it's uh it, it feels kind of right the way that eg has been dominating the league yeah um but also just kind of sad i guess like it is can anyone sad. beat eg <laughs> I, I feel like it, it's more like can anyone beat eg instead of wow eg's beating everyone yeah it's kind of true it's kind of true but it's it is it, it, I I like this EG team better. Like this is a better first place team to be like. Can anyone beat them? Like there there. I feel like there have been teams like that where it's like, gosh, can anyone beat them? And it's like you don't actually want to watch. The, like you're rooting for the first te- place team to lose. But this way, it's like I'm rooting for EG. I just don't think anybody else is good enough. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, and then I think for fun, I think the TSM Immortals matchup could be fun as well, just because, again, what could happen? Who knows? True. That's the fun. They're they're playing the the crabs in a barrel 
game right now where they're both have you heard about that where like no where crabs that are like caught in a barrel you know or in a bucket like if one tries to climb out the others will like actively pull them back down so that they can't escape like even though they're all like you know they're all stuck in the same bucket they're gonna get boiled and eaten but like the ones that are down there don't want somebody else to get out i imagine this is that's like gonna be this game that's you know tsm is like they might win the game on Saturday and be like, yeah, we're fucking good. We beat 100 Thieves. We beat FlyQuest. Like, we should be top six. And then Immortals is going to be like, nope, nope, nope. I'm Power of Evil. I have to shit on you guys for doing me dirty last year. Like, <laughs> get back down to the bottom bottom half, baby. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if TSM is able to escape the bottom half. And I guess in a funny way, like, you know, all, all playoff spots are still up for contention. And so... This could be the start of a, a playoffs move for Immortals. True, they'll need they'll need some big moves, but it could be the start. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any any last thoughts on Week Five of the LCS coming up? Uh no, I think that that hits the big notes for me. I'm pretty good. All right. Okay, that's gonna be it for episode sixty of On the Hunt, a League of Legends podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. And if you did, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on the service that you are listening to us on. If you haven't already, we appreciate it. If you also give us a rating or hit the like button to show us some support, you can find us on YouTube as well as your podcast player of choice from Apple Podcasts to Spotify and so forth. We'll see you all next week for another episode of On the Hunt. So long.